0: Welcome to Making Art Work produced by the Arts Administration Program at Le Moyne College in Syracuse, New York. I'm Travis Newton, your host and director of the program. Today's guest is Kelly Willets, Executive Director of the Community Folk Art Center and Professor of Practice of African American Art History and Film in the Department of African American Studies at Syracuse University. Dr. Willets is also a guest columnist with the Syracuse Post Standard and has served as a grants panelist for the New York Council on the Arts the Institution of Museum and Library Services, and Cuyahoga Arts and Culture in Ohio. The Community Folk Arts Center, or CFAC, which Kelly has led since 2002, states as its mission to exalt cultural and artistic pluralism by collecting, exhibiting, teaching, and interpreting the visual and expressive arts. The organization's Creative Arts Academy, which launched in 2009, is an after-school pre-professional arts program for students in grades 7 through 12, offering instruction in dance, theater, and visual art tuition-free for students admitted to the program. Kelly Willits, welcome to LeMoyne College and to Making Art Work.
1: Thanks so much. I'm glad to be here.
0: So starting off, you know, I mentioned this Creative Arts Academy that yes. you started in 2009. Tell me about... Um, how that came about, and also since we know that funding for arts education is right. on a, you know, in a decline and, and really not doing well these days, especially in our own city schools here in Syracuse, was it envisioned as a way to sort of fill that gap a little bit?
1: You know, it was actually envisioned as a way to find a place for uh, particularly young creative people to be able to do what they love. Uh, If you have a propensity for music and dance, there are plenty of places where you can take lessons or um, practice or participate in professional teams. But if you simply like to draw or act or there's no place where you can go every day and Mm -hmm. and develop that that craft, particularly in uh, communities where people are living at and below the poverty line. I mean, lessons are, quite honestly, cost prohibitive. Yes, And so what we wanted to do is also get those students who academically were sort of right in the middle. They weren't at the top of the class and they certainly weren't struggling. And they sort of, you know, so you take that and you partner it with being really creative and you sort of have this almost feeling of invisibility. Because you don't necessarily fit in with any group, right? And so what we realized is that we needed to create a space for those young people to come. Um, one of the best examples is we were called by a school one day, and there was a young man that all he did the whole time the teacher was talking was draw. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it didn't matter what she said. He You know, he didn't seem motivated to do the work. They brought him to the program, and he could draw after school and – Academically completely turned around. He just wanted to be creative. He
0: needed that outlet. He just needed
1: that outlet. And so for us, uh, we keep it tuition free. We've worked it into our budget, Uh, but it is pre professional. So all of our teachers are working artists. Um, They may also have other hustles. That's what artists do. I mean, wouldn't it be (laughs) great just to be a full time artist Uh, because you'd like to? But they have to audition. And, you know, audition in air quotes, because they may not necessarily have any formal training. But for us, we're trying to determine passion. Mm-hmm. Um, the other requirement is that we have an adult involved. It does not have to be a parent or a guardian. It just needs to be someone who absolutely believes in them. Because we all, all you know, as creative people, we enter in a place where we're judged on a regular basis. You create something, people give their opinions. And it's always good to have, to know that you have someone absolutely in your corner. And so, uh, you know, we really enjoy it. And to be honest, Travis, our biggest issue is getting parents, in particular, to believe that the program is free. At, at times, we absolutely they don't believe you. no, we struggle with enrollment because they're waiting for the There's catch. There's gotta be a catch. There's absolutely no catch. Not mm-hmm. only are they in the program for four years, they uh, we because they don't pay, we require them to do community service. But we help them all the way through college, and we have a hundred percent college admission rate. In fact, our last class, we have two students that are at a C right now wow. in the arts program. And so. Um, you know, short of screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm not really sure what else we could do, but we're reevaluating and going to try to find a way to get those young creatives with us.
0: That's great. And what kind of geographic footprint i mean in terms of where the students come from where right. where are they well coming for us it's from? largely
1: the city of syracuse mm-hmm. and 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 that has a lot to do with transportation yeah um at community folk art center in the city of syracuse are very aware of the geographic boundaries that exist in terms of someone living on the east side necessarily going to the south side etc and so what we're able to do with the seventh and eighth graders the syracuse city school district the school bus drops them right off at us um but we also have a van and so for the high school kids we go to each school everyone gets door to door and so that's uh, wonderful. We and also in the afternoon, we also provide a meal provided by the New York State um, Department of Food and Agriculture uh, to make sure, and we because we also want to make sure that people have a meal and a healthy meal. And uh, in the beginning, it was a struggle. No one wants to eat a salad, but right. now they appreciate it. <laughs> right? You know, I don't so want to eat a salad. I don't want to eat a salad. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it it really is a. a great opportunity i mean i wish i had a program like that when i was in high school you know and so it's open to everyone in the syracuse city school district only because it allows us to be able to get you home now if you live in syracuse and you end up relocating doesn't mean we put you out provided you didn't relocate i don't know lafayette right but if it's you know a little bit on the outskirts it's no problem okay that's great to know
0: um You also offer educational programming for adults. We do. And so what what does
1: that look like? You know, what we like to do is we have sort of standard classes. One of our founders is uh, the great David McDonald, who is an amazing ceramist that, you know, I mean, that's where the fighting breaks out when we have silent auctions and he has a piece in. because It gets of... a little ugly, huh? Oh, it gets a little ugly. <laughs> I've had people sort of offer me money just to watch the bid sheet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's pretty competitive. Talk about monetization. Talk about monetization of creative arts. And still, <laughs> when you take it off on your taxes, you can only take the supplies off and not the value of the work, which right. baffles me, uh, really. But that's another interview at another yeah. time. <laughs> um, so David, who uh, is one of our founders and a great ceramist, actually runs our ceramics program. And so we always offer uh, courses in hand-building and wheel-throwing, um, if not taught by him, taught by uh, two really great former students of him that have reputations of their own. Uh, this semester we also have uh, mind-body-and-spirit yoga. Oh, And neat. that actually evolved from... Uh, a professor, uh, Marcel Haddocks who is a professor at Syracuse University in the School of Education, but she's a trained yogi, and she went through an entire... Hmm. Um, coursework and practice and sort of whatever you need to be qualified and you know she was looking for a place to share what she had learned and she called us and oftentimes that's what happens to us someone will say you know what? I, I you know this is what I do and I'd love people to be a part of it and so what we try to do is make it cost effective so our costs are covered in co- including um, staffing but we're not here to make a profit what we are here is to create an opportunity for people to engage in things that normally they may not be able to but if the class is 10 bucks And you come check it out. Sure. So, you know, we also have that. We also have West African dance. Hmm. And so it it ranges. We've done salsa. We've done, um, you know, other sort of aerobics, a a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm.
0: That's great. So something for everyone, all ages. Absolutely. as, as you've mentioned a couple of times, you have partnerships with Syracuse University. In fact, um, you know, it's mentioned on your website that right. you have a really strong connection to Syracuse University. You mentioned the students who Absolutely. often graduate from your after-school um, arts program and go on to Syracuse, and also uh, members of faculty who are, including yourself, who mm-hmm. are involved in the organization. What is that partnership like, and what kind of synergies does it create for your organization?
1: I think for us, we're in a, we're a u- really unique type of organization because we were actually founded 43 years ago within the Department of African American Studies. Mm-hmm. And so we are uh, almost a physical manifestation of a political philosophy of sorts, and that being engaging the African diaspora. And when the class started in, in 1972, essentially it was a class called Art of the Black World, the class they still teach, and students were looking at work by black artists, but didn't see it, and so uh, the faculty, students, staff, the fa- the founders actually have gone on to really amazing things, and um, still make an impact. The dean of NYU, who uh, who just retired, Mary Schmidt Campbell, is one of our founders, and the former provost of Cooper Union, George Campbell, her husband, is mm-hmm. also one of our founders. So this sort of philosophy of art. But what it allowed us to do was engage in community and university work with a really unique perspective. And so Community Folk Art Center has never been based on Syracuse University's campus. From the very beginning, it was very clear that what we wanted to do was do more than just sort of be on the hill. Sure. Um, you know, when we're not teaching and when we're not in class, I'm in the community like everyone else. I go to Wegmans just like everybody. Else, <laughs> right. And so, if I live in this community, why wouldn't I have an institution that is part of this community? And th- and that's yeah. why it's called Community Folk Art Center. It's not folk art. It's community folk.
0: Right, and so, and you're right there on uh, on Genesee Street. Right there on East right Genesee next Street, next to downtown, and really in the middle of everything.
1: Right across from Syracuse Stage, which we have a great partnership. They do a lot of programming with our CAA kids, from letting them meet the actors to going to almost every performance.
0: Yeah, I bet you have some good lunches at Phoebe's. Well,
1: great lunches at Phoebe's. <laughs> big fans, big fans. And there's Liberty Deli, and you know it's a little bit of everything, and it's walkable. Right. And and I think that's what the city's trying to do, Very make it a little good. bit more walkable.
0: So. On the flip side, sure. what kinds of challenges present when you're working with, because you're a separate 501c3, we are. but you're very much tied to Syracuse University. So what are some challenges we are that come across in that relationship? Well,
1: uh, part of the challenge, the, the challenge early on before getting the 501c3 was simply applying for money, mm-hmm. because we'd have to provide Syracuse University's budget, and I'd apply for something for maybe 5000 and I'd get sure. a phone call, and they said, so... $5,000, I just saw your budget. It's a few million. Right. Do so you need the five? And then I have to go this long, drawn out. Um, I think the greatest challenge now is for um, really the students and the faculty to understand the role that we could play. You know, this conversation about STEM to STEAM and it just for me. You can't have technology without art, right? You know, I I always say that. Uh,
0: and for the, just to clarify for sure. one second, for those listeners who might not have heard of STEM to right. STEAM, right? Science, technology, engineering, and math, and the idea of adding the A, which is art, which is art, correct, to inform all of the other disciplines, and really sort of. You know, um, create a, a whole person when Absolutely. someone is studying those fields.
1: My favorite example is I find the PC to be uh, STEM and Apple and Mac to be Steam. Mm. I mean, Apple aesthetically, a Mac is beautiful. The screen is beautiful, and that was the first thing that artists and people in the creative field navigated to the moment it it emerged because of it essentially made everything beautiful. Mm -hmm. A little bit more beautiful, a little bit more creative. The creativity amped up. And it also works. And it works. (laughs) And it works. So we have that challenge. But, you know, another challenge that we have is because we are grounded in the African diaspora, we often find that sometimes people self-select as if somehow because it has a cultural focus that somehow there's no space for them. Mm. But, you know, we're human. And what we like to do is highlight issues that are relevant to our communities, but we don't exist in a bubble. And I believe they're relevant to everyone. Right. You know, whether we're talking about identity, whether we're talking about uh, how one um, loves, how one lives, how one experiences, whether, whether we're looking at quilts or yeah. photographs, and so so much that we have in common. So so much so. I mean, I, I we actually had um, a gentleman walk in and say, you know, is this place for me? I, I'm white, and we're like, are you breathing? You know, do you like to look at things interesting? Do you like to have your your perspective challenged? Then it's for you, plain and simple.
0: That's great. That's a great message. And I wonder if you could tell us what's going on right now at... The center?
1: We have a lot of things going on. Right now we're currently in between shows. We will be uh, next Saturday. We will have an opening reception for an exhibition called Question Bridge and Question Bridge Syracuse, the work of Ellen Blaylock. And Question Bridge is a national exhibition that has been touring now for about three years, created by artists Hank Willis Thomas and Chris mm-hmm. Johnson, and also produced by the uh, A-list actor Del Warlindo. And essentially it is a, um, a transmedia piece where Black men are being asked questions as a way for people to understand the role of black, male black men in society. And these questions can be as benign as, do you consider yourself a good man? To things that are a little bit more uh, directed, like, as a black man, do you feel that every time you enter a store, are you followed? Mm-hmm. And so what the transmedia piece is, this video, 45-minute video, of men answering questions um from the very young to the very seasoned. And in collaboration with that exhibition, we've also done a local component. And the local component features the work of Ellen Blaylock, who is a Syracuse-based artist and uh, journalist. And what she has done is photograph the memorials that have uh, sprung up after, unfortunately, young people have lost their lives. And what she's also done is partnered with Eddie Mitchell from Southwest Community Center, who has this really large... Um, board that has photographs of men, young men, young women who've lost their lives in the city of Syracuse and so it really provides uh, a stark reminder of what happens in all urban communities and the fact of the matter is that no one should bury their child under any circumstance and so um, we feel that both of them are having a great conversation, given what's happened with Michael Brown and, um, you know, all, all of the, the young people that are losing their lives to violence, whether at the hands of authorities or at the hands of each other.
0: Right. And what's really interesting to me, especially about that project, is you've taken sort of a national touring exhibit and you've localized it in a way for Syracuse by adding this additional component. Is that something that is i mean obviously it's intentional is that something you try to do often if you bring in something from outside
1: absolutely because i i find that you know uh sometimes in syracuse we have a tendency to reach outside when we have uh you know what do they say the around the abundance of water the fool is thirsty Mm. and so you know we have professionals here and i think it's a, a really good opportunity to bring worlds together and to um reify the notion that this is a valuable place with people with valuable levels of expertise and and that we don't always have to reach out to build up that we can reach down, reach across and oftentimes reach up to be pulled up.
0: Yeah, sometimes we do have a little bit of a complex, don't we? Well,
1: we do. You know, there was a there was um, a gentleman who had come made a presentation a few years ago and he was talking about the Firewater project that's in Providence, Rhode Island, where they completely transformed downtown. And what he said and I'll never forget, he says, you know, Providence was once like Syracuse. On some level, we have a self-esteem problem. Mm-hmm. We've had this great legacy and history of social justice and creation and diverse communities and celebration. And yet, somehow now, when we want to talk about those very same things, we feel like we don't have anyone here to do it. We always need to bring people from inside. So right. we can get over it. Yeah. I think we can. I well, know we can. We'll build a bridge and Absolutely. get over it. So, you know, in addition to that, we also have— um, very quickly, have a program called Journey Through the Music of the African Diaspora. And what that does is every month we feature musical styles that are grounded in the African diaspora, but not necessarily always played by people of African descent. Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, last November we had Cornbread, which is a Native American blues band, and they play blues in the tradition of the Mississippi Delta. And it's a fascinating exploration, or we'll have a a Chinese-Mexican folk singer, who were born and raised in Mexico. Chinese-Mexican folks. Absolutely, wow. and you know, offering these grounded songs that were created as a result of the intermingling and relationship between Spaniards, indigenous, and African people in early Mexico. So it gives us an opportunity to really sort of push the envelope and get people to understand those commonalities, that you can find culture, even a music that you don't think you have had an influence on.
0: That's great. And and before you leave today, <clears throat> because we're running out of time, sure. but um, having gone through graduate work yourself in museum studies mm-hmm. and now running, your, you know, this multidisciplinary uh, arts center, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to students right now who are studying arts administration and want to work in, you know, either a museum or performing arts or, you know, some combination, which it sounds like you're doing now, what advice would you have for those students?
1: Uh, Don't say no to any opportunity. When I was a grad student, I applied for an internship at the Studio Museum in Harlem. It was not paid. I didn't care. Mm -hmm. It was the Studio Museum of Harlem. And I did whatever they asked me to. And I followed them around. And I asked lots of questions. And uh, I went and visited every single museum everywhere I went. And I asked lots of questions. And, you know, if you don't Get it, I mean, you need that kind of experience to really understand how complicated the job is. Um, and I think if you don't do that, it's not about, it's not about the money. It's literally about the experience. Right. And so I say be brave and go for it.
0: Great. Great advice. Thank you. So to check out what the Community Folk Art Center has going on right now, visit communityfolkartcenter.org, and you can also follow them on Twitter. And I want to thank you, Kelly Willits, for being here
1: today. Thanks so much, Travis. I had a great time.
0: Making Art Work is produced by the Arts Administration Program at LeMoyne College in Syracuse, New York, with support provided by the Department of Communication and Film Studies and WLMU Radio, as well as our broadcast partner, WCNY Classic FM. Our theme song was written by LeMoyne College Music faculty member Edward Rahowski and performed by the Bang on a Can All-Stars. For more information about Arts Administration at LeMoyne, visit lemoyne.edu slash artsadmin, or follow us on Twitter at lmcartsadmn. I'm your host, Travis Newton, hoping you'll join us again next time on Making Art Work.